You're listening to She Said What with your host, Alyssa Harper. Hello, everybody. Welcome or welcome back to She Said What. I am Alyssa Harper, your host. This episode is all about bisexuality. Um, I've done episodes on bisexuality before, but I have just finished reading an incredible book called Bi, of course. It's by Julia Shaw, and it really gets into the history, the kind of science, all of the things around bisexuality, like the really like nitty gritty shit, okay? And I thought it was so interesting as a bisexual person. Not only that, this past week, leading all the way up to September 23rd, was Bisexual Awareness Week, and it was just like a really, like really, really, really present on my mind. I was making heaps of TikToks about it, like talking about it constantly. And I was like, you know what? I think I want to make another podcast episode where I really dig into bisexuality, but kind of get into more of like the nitty gritty and talk about all the little topics that I wouldn't talk about in like a general episode when it, about sexuality. Um, I really do dig into like what bisexuality is, what it means, what it feels like, um, obviously coming from a bisexual's perspective, but then I also talk about intersectionality within bisexuality, talk about the different experiences that people will have with bisexuality, why it's so amazing, um, why it's really hard. We talk about the mental health implications of being bisexual in this episode. Um, I talk about coming out and kind of how to come out and also the struggles around coming out, all those kinds of things. Um, we talk about representation within media. We even talk about three sums like it's just gonna be a really fun episode talking about bisexuality and really just validating anybody who is bisexual or educating you on bisexuality if you haven't been here before please know that this podcast is for you this is a space for you to learn about things that you might not be learning about anywhere else we sure as hell aren't getting educated about these things in school um but there's a lot of questions and on this podcast i talk a lot about sex sexuality sexual wellness and then also just general wellness in general. Um, my name is Alyssa. I am living in Sydney, Australia. I'm a Canadian. Um, and I'm just out here living my best life. <laughs> I'm also a Pilates instructor and I grew up in the church, no longer am at the church, but I have this whole history of kind of dealing with shame in my life when it came to sex and sexuality and, you know, just really feeling like I wasn't able to talk about this to now being extremely confident in this area and like, it's my passion. And so that's what this podcast is. That's me. And welcome. Thank you so much for being here. We're going to get right into the episode today talking about bisexuality. Let's go. Now, little little update, a little quickie on my week. Um, lol. Um, it's been a bit fucked, guys. I've been working like six days a week teaching Pilates. And look, I really only teach, sometimes I teach up to six hours, but it's usually only like three to four hours. But you can imagine if you're sitting there like, and by sitting, I mean uh, dancing, jumping, like literally squatting, running around for like four hours. It is very draining. And so I've been fucking exhausted, if I'm being honest. Um, it's been a bit of like, a, I need to spend all of my free time like on mental health or trying to be with friends and make sure that my week doesn't feel like just work. And I get like that where I really kind of struggle. Where I'm like, okay, if I'm working a lot this week, should I take a bunch of alone time or should I just like go ham on like going out and being with people so that I feel like I have a life? I don't know. It's a bit of a struggle, but I actually did quite a lot this week. I went to go see Jonathan Van Ness. If you know who that is, JVN, um, from the Fab Five from Queer Eye. I don't know if you've heard of Queer Eye, but if you have, yeah, they were really, really interesting. And the show was just really fun. And I went with my friend Blue, who I've actually um, interviewed on the podcast before. They are just super fun and just the most outrageous person in the world. And so I love hanging out with them. So we had a really good time. Um, I went to go see Jeremy Zucker, who is an artist. 
um, a singer and like a muso. And um, he was so, so good. I did that. Yesterday I went to the farmer's market and I went to Glebe Markets in Sydney here and like did a bunch of kind of like shopping and poking around and having a good time. So I've really been going and doing all the things, but that's been my week. It's been fun. It's been hectic, but I am super excited to be talking today about this episode because like I said in the intro, I've just been like talking about and thinking about bisexuality so much and not just from like a like my perspective, not just from my perspective of being bisexual, but by like looking at the genuine like history of it and really digging into it. In this episode, I'm going to be sharing a mix of my own experiences mixed with things that I learned from the book by by Julia Shaw mixed with some research that I've kind of done in this area. So it's going to be a big mix of things. And something I did want to say before I get going into kind of the different sections of this episode is that if you identify with being pansexual, I want you to know that a lot of this information is going to resonate with you. And so if you do identify as pansexual, please don't feel left out. Know that I absolutely recognize you and whatever term people choose to use, whether that's bisexual or pansexual, they're very, very similar. It typically just ends up being how people end up kind of like what resonates with them. That's usually how I'll describe this to people because people say like, oh, if it's the same thing, then why don't you just use the same word? Um, But sexuality is complicated. And so, you know, that's why. Pan in Greek means all. And so pansexual came out of the fact that bisexual at the time didn't mean what it means today. The first known use of the word bisexual was in 1793. But at the time, it meant possessing characteristics of both sexes. So it actually wasn't to do necessarily with sexuality. It was more to do with sex specifically um, and how someone identified as an individual rather than how they applied attraction and sexuality to their life. So that description of bisexuality being of, relating to, or characterized by sexual or romantic attraction to people of one's own gender identity and of other gender identities comes from Ox, who was the editor of Bi Women Quarterly in the 1990s. So it comes from that. It's definitely kind of changed over time, but I would say most or really all bisexual people that you ask today, I feel like it'd be very rare if if this wasn't the case, will say that they're attracted to people of any gender. And that's what I typically say. Um, That's, you know, the nitty gritty of bisexual. Um, And there are people who will say, oh, I'm pansexual because bi means two. And I feel like that, you know, isn't fair and non-binary people and blah, 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 blah. I, I get that there's a history there, but I think it's really important that we aren't tearing apart queer people within the queer community in like being picky when people choose to identify with bisexuality. So if you've ever had this hesitant feeling when you first started kind of figuring out, oh, what do I want to come out as? Like, I know I'm a bit <laughs> fruity, you know, but I don't know what it is. Um, just know that everyone out here is cool with bisexuality now. So don't feel like you are doing anything wrong by identifying that way. You absolutely are not. There's no like politically correct term that you have to use. You do what suits you. That's what is most important, like by far. So why is it so amazing to be bisexual? Obviously, first of all, it's not a choice. So this isn't me promoting bisexuality, being like, oh, you guys should choose this. I swear it's super fun. Like, it's so sick. Like, bisexuality is not a choice. Your sexuality overall is not a choice. Um, sexuality is something that through, and this is a huge debate, but whether you were literally, you know, born this way, as Lady Gaga says, or you have conditioning within your life where you've ended up opening up to different types of sexualities that are not heterosexual. The point is, is that it is not a choice. And wherever you are today, if you have feelings towards people of the same gender, or you have feelings towards non-binary people, or you have feelings towards people that are not just purely the opposite gender, then you may be bisexual and it's not really a choice. And I think when people want to 
sit here and go, well, it is because bisexuality, you know, you can just choose to date someone who is a man. You can just choose to date someone who's a woman and then you're, you're straight. Like you can choose to be straight. It's so easy. You don't have to be blah, 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 blah. Like it's assuming that bisexual people are very happy to just like hide a huge part of themselves. Like it's kind of like saying, well, it's easier for you because you can just pretend to be straight. Well, acting like someone would want to pretend to be any sexuality that they're not is not like an easy thing to do. It's not something anyone would want to do. Research shows that bisexual people have a higher perception of freedom in their life. This idea of like, anything is available to me, you know, like I'm open to any type of person. And so it makes you have this general sense of like, I'm open, you know, I'm open to different styles of relationships, potentially. I'm open to different like jobs. I'm open to different types of friendships. I don't have this like heteronormative thinking of, you know, my friends are all going to be girls. Like for example, me as a woman, all my friends are going to be girls if I hang out with a guy then it's like oh I have to make sure I'm like in a group or I have to make sure I'm not doing anything sketchy because like what if it comes off that we're on a date and then I'm dating this person and blah 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 blah. like you just don't have that like in theory it's funny because like I have a partner and he's a man and he can't like ever have this thing of well you know if you're gonna hang out with a guy alone then that's gonna make me uncomfortable and he's known that since day one because I'm literally bisexual like (laughs) everyone's a threat you know (laughs) not really okay not really that was a joke okay moving forward research also shows that bisexual people are open to new experiences and they see themselves as less boxed in and so it's not even just within you know, your relationships, it's generally in life. Like you are open to different types of things that scare you because in theory, like it makes a lot of sense to me. If you've gone through this whole thing in your life where you've had to sit here and go, wow, this thing is scaring me. Like the idea of not being straight is scary because we know that, you know, queer people are marginalized and they're put into boxes and they're sexualized and they're more likely to be sexually assaulted and all of these things to have mental health issues. Like so many things that we're going to talk about in this episode, it's scary no matter who you are to have that first initial thought of like, oh my gosh, I might not be straight ah, fuck, this is going to be like a whole thing in my life, you know? And I don't know if I want this thing to define me. And I don't want people to think of me as super like sexual or to think that I'm like sleeping around all the time or whatever. It can create a lot of shame. And so if you've gone through this whole thing and you've been able to come out the other side confident in your sexuality, of course, you're going to be more open to trying new things. Things are going to scare you as much and it can give you a really strong sense of confidence. And so it's really, really amazing in that sense. Another thing that research shows is that bisexual people are more likely to have knowledge around sex and sexual wellness because they've been questioning, you know, researching sexuality. There's a lot of time and effort that goes into figuring out your sexuality. um, And that makes you a lot more likely to have knowledge around sex, safe sex, about consent, about all of these things around sexual wellness that the average person wouldn't be as interested in, um, wouldn't necessarily really, you know, care about if they didn't need to care about it. Research does also show that bisexual people are going to be a lot more open to different styles of relationships, like an open relationship, for example. And the reason I want to kind of not preface this, but kind of like take a second and say like, hey, yes, this is a stereotype of bisexual people is that they're more sexually active and that they're going to be more open to like threesomes and blah, 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 blah. This is not always true. Okay. This is not always true. Please do not ask a bisexual within moments of them coming out to you uh, if they would be interested in threesomes. Okay. We don't need to sexualize bisexual people, but research does show that they have fun. Okay. Generally speaking. Okay. The research doesn't lie. I'm sorry. Sorry to say it, but we're heaps fun. So lastly, research shows that bisexual people are more open-minded towards others, more empathetic and understanding, which is something that I think is so, so cool and definitely rings true for me. Like, because I've gone through this whole journey where I figured out things for myself and I've really had to like ask myself really hard questions. When someone tells me anything about themselves, like, oh, well, I identify this way, or I have this disability, or like, this is something that really holds me back because it's my, my race or my gender or even just how I present in my everyday life, I find myself to be so open to being like, wow, right. I could understand how that would be really difficult because you can see how 
your thing has made your life really difficult. Um, and so, yeah, just being open-minded, knowledgeable, having a perception of freedom and being open to new experiences. I reckon bisexuality fucking rocks. Um, and if you are bisexual, just know that this is a moment of queer joy. This is a moment of being excited and really happy about bisexuality, knowing that this is actually like a superpower of yours. This isn't this weird thing that you have to tell people all the time when you, you know, you start to have conversations about relationships. This isn't this like, you know, shameful thing. This is a really exciting, really beautiful thing that makes you, you. And that's why queer joy is so, so important. Talking about queer joy and talking about examples of people who are queer, who are having a fucking awesome time being queer and not only focusing on the negatives when it comes to queer culture and the struggles that are present. And we're not going to ignore them. They are present. We are going to talk about them in this episode, but it is awesome to be part of this community. And obviously who you are, where you are in the world, in your life, um, how much freedom you have generally as a human definitely affects your experience of queerness. But just know that whoever you are, this is awesome. This is a really beautiful thing. And if you aren't out and you know that you are by this, this is an amazing thing about you. Please, if you feel like you can and you feel comfortable to and you are in a safe environment where you can come out, please know that like this is a great, 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 great thing. And on that note, <laughs> we are going to go into the mental health implications that being bisexual can have on you. Um, and again, maybe you aren't bisexual, but you know someone who's bisexual and you're trying to learn about it. Maybe you're with somebody who's bisexual. This is important for you to know. And if you are bisexual, this is very important for you to know. So listen up. This is directly from the book by, by Julia Shaw. Bisexual individuals have a comparatively high risk for mental health problems such as suicidality, depressive symptoms, and other mood and anxiety disorders. Now, this is obviously research-based. Um, bisexual people are more likely to have these kinds of struggles. Again, we can assume why, okay? Um, it's, it's hard to figure out all of this. It's confusing. When people look at you, they might treat you in a way that is different if they know that you are bisexual and that you are not straight. Um, and it can be a, a really, really big struggle, something I have identified with. I've been diagnosed with anxiety and depression, and I don't talk about it that much because I don't really, I wouldn't say that I have depression or I have anxiety anymore. I think I struggle with anxiety sometimes. I struggle with depressive thoughts sometimes. Um, at one point in my life, I was actually on medication, but I am not anymore. Whoop, 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 whoop. It's been probably like two years, three years or something now that I haven't actually been on medication or anything like that. Uh, therapy works, so go to therapy if you need it. <laughs> um, but it, it's, it's a struggle, okay? It's, a, it's really, really challenging on your mental health. But why, right? We can assume, yeah, 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 like it makes sense why. But actually, like why, when it comes to the research, is it a bigger struggle for bisexual people in comparison to, say, lesbians and gay people. Like it actually is higher within bisexual people. Number one, research have researchers have drawn particularly to these four things. So number one is that bisexual people deal with double discrimination. Double discrimination is not only say that straight people will look at bisexual people and go like, I don't really know much about bisexuality. It's kind of weird. Like, are they just having heaps of sex? Like, I don't really know. But it's also that within the queer community, you can deal with people being biphobic towards you. Like, you know, you're bi, you're not really gay or you're bi, like you're, you can pretend to be straight. Like it's, it's really going to be okay for you, especially if bisexual people are in a relationship with somebody where it looks like they are straight because then on top of it, they're like, well, you're not like having to walk around with your partner in public, like being scared to hold hands or kiss them or whatever. You're not feeling that. And so it's a lot easier for you as a bisexual person. And as much as I agree with that, like, I'm like, come on, there is truth to that. And I, I will absolutely acknowledge that. Again, at the same time, it goes back to what I said earlier, this assumption that bisexual people are happy to hide and diminish the fact that they are bisexual just because they can. 
No bisexual wants to do that. And it can actually be really hard when you're in a relationship with someone who is, you know, for me, for example, I'm with a man because then my bisexuality doesn't show. And then in queer spaces, I can feel like maybe I'm not quite accepted here. Maybe I'm not quite being validated in this space. I feel like a push to kind of gay myself up, like look a bit more gay or act a bit more gay so that I am accepted. And it's really, really common for bisexual people to feel this. So number one, double discrimination. Number two is that bisexuals are statistically less likely to be out, right? Again, for obvious reasons, it's not as necessary sometimes. Necessary is a pretty harsh word um, because I believe it is absolutely necessary. And not being out can, again, increase the likelihood of mental health issues, right? Very obvious. Um, But bisexual people tend to stay closeted and that fucking sucks. (laughs) It does. (laughs) Number three is that bisexual people tend to be more isolated. This kind of goes back to number one, um, not quite knowing where they fit. Like, am I being excluded from my straight friend group where I just feel like everyone's so straight and it's kind of like, oh, but then, you know, in queer spaces, do I feel like I'm not quite queer enough? Like it can really be hard to put yourself into friend groups. Um, and, you are much less likely to reach out, say, to queer communities or queer support groups. And because you're less likely to reach out to support groups and support groups are linked with better mental health for queer people, you are more likely to have negative mental health effects as a bisexual person. Number four is internalized biphobia. And I just want to start out this point with saying that when I read the word biphobia, my brain literally was like, like I have not actually used the word biphobia until these last few weeks when I've been reading about it and learning about it because I would always just say the word homophobia. And that's a perfect example of bi erasure. That is a perfect example of why bisexual people don't feel like they fit into queer spaces because we don't hear the word being used. We don't hear the word bisexual being used. We don't hear the word biphobia being used, but it is biphobia. It's not homophobia (laughs) if it's someone who is bisexual. And so internalized biphobia is similar to homophobia, obviously, in the sense of it's just people making queer people feel like they're not meant to be in those spaces to the point of hurting their mental health, potentially physically harming them, excluding them. I could go on. Biphobia, internalized biphobia specifically, is just you having those thoughts that other people might have about bisexual people like you know they sleep around or you know they're dangerous when it comes to sex they don't really care they're not into safe sex which is obviously a huge misconception because we know factually because of the first section of this podcast that it's actually the opposite way around um they are just you know wanting to draw attention to themselves all of these things that people think or could think you think it about yourself. So you think, oh my God, am I just trying to get attention? Or am I just trying to fit into the queer community because I'm a really passionate ally? Blah, 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 blah. By the way, if you've had that thought before, like maybe I'm just a really passionate ally, I'm going to tell you right now that it is very unlikely that you are going to spend that much effort, that much like money or time or whatever, trying to invest into a community that you don't actually have any ties to. It's possible that you will. And there are definitely people that do this for different groups and, you know, different movements and whatever. But if you have like a strong, strong, strong inkling towards this, say, for example, you're watching a movie and there's like a queer person who's really struggling and you're just like crying and you're like, why? Like, why does this affect me so much more than other people? You're probably queer, babe. Okay. Like for a long time, I had this where I was like, yeah, like whatever I've done this and I've done this with women and blah, 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 blah. But like, maybe I'm not actually bisexual. Like there's no way I'm actually bisexual because you know, what if I'm just trying to get attention? And I went through this whole thing mentally to the point where I was then sitting there on a, on my couch one day, like watching this movie. And there was these two like women, these two lesbians, and I'm just crying watching this movie. And my like partner looks at me and is like, are you okay? Like, what do you do? Are you fine? Like, are you chilling? And I was like, no, like there's struggle. Like I get it. And then I was like, yeah, no, I, I am queer. I, I am definitely, definitely queer. Um, and then, I mean, obviously things happened after that, that it was like, yeah, obviously, but 
at the time when I was like in that kind of limbo of trying to figure it out, fuck, yeah. Biphobia, internalized biphobia is shit. <laughs> Another thing that I want to note about internalized biphobia or internalized homophobia is that a lot of the time, the reason we have these thoughts about ourselves, even if we do identify as something other than straight, is that we were likely taught these things. So if you grew up with parents, you know, just saying certain things about queer people because people are homophobic, you know, and it's an older generation and blah, 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 blah. Um, you're more likely to have those thoughts. Like for example, from a young age, if there was ever like two guys kissing in a TV show or whatever, like it was very, very likely for somebody, anybody really in my family to be like, Oh, cover your eyes. Ooh, gross. Ooh. You know, like it was, it was homophobic, like right there from there. And I didn't even know that that was homophobia when I was young. I was just like, oh yeah, they're like kissing in a show. But then it wouldn't happen if straight people were kissing in shows, right? Maybe if they were having sex, maybe it'd be like, close your eyes, kids. But kissing, hand-holding, anything, it was like, ugh. It had this like really homophobic vibe <laughs> in my household. Um, and a lot of people have that and they don't realize how negative that can how negatively that can impact your mental health as a queer person. If your family doesn't know that you're queer at that time, they have they don't care. They don't speak as if anybody in the household is. And then that can really, really dig into like your deep, deep understanding of queerness. The thing with bisexuality is that just the word, for, for example, bisexuality is not used as much at all, really, <laughs> within media. So you'll you'll see kind of like the gay best friend in shows. You'll see like the typical lesbian, stereotypical person in a show. And again, these are poor representations. I understand that. Both of these are shit. But the point is, is that the word is being used. There is a toxicity to that situation. But it's very, very rare that there's a bisexual person. And when there is bisexual people in media, they tend to be sexualized, right? Any of the classic shit that you would already think, that's biphobia. Um, or it's like, oh, this character actually might be kind of into like guys as well or girls as well. And it's like, it's almost like a thing that they use in the show to like add some kind of interest and like kind of like to make you be like, surprise kind of to give like this this like shock effect which is so fucked because like that's that person's sexuality do you know what I mean like in a show you might be watching it and be like oh my god that's so exciting that's so spicy but if you are thinking like oh my god that's like shock factor because they're bisexual that's actually a really bad representation of bisexuality within media it really is and it's so fucked up and we see it so much if you are bisexual, please use the word bisexual. Before I was comfortable actually coming out as bisexual, I used to say things like, yeah, I'm just like spicy straight. Or I would say like, yeah, I'm just like mostly straight. Or I'm like straight with like a little hint of like a little flair, you know? I was like scared to say the word bisexual because I was biphobic towards myself. I was. Like, I didn't want to use the word. It felt like a dirty word. A big reason for this can absolutely be that, for example, gay, lesbian, it's used more often. Again, we don't see it represented, but also bisexual, the word sex is in it. So someone like even just logically being able to connect, oh, you are a very sexual person and you are bisexual makes sense. It's not good, but it makes sense as to why it can be seen as more of like a sexualized word or a dirty word, but it is not. If you are bisexual, please use the word bisexual if you feel comfortable enough to, because we need as much representation as we can get. And that's why I want to talk really quickly about why representation within media is so important. There have actually been really, really interesting studies around homophobia and studies done asking people what they think of gay, lesbian, bisexual, and trans people have an incredibly different result before and after they're exposed to queer media. In one of the studies that I was looking at, it's one out of three studies that I was like really kind of digging into that confirms this. They used three episodes of Queer Eye, which <laughs> funny also, Queer Eye, and I went to go see Jonathan Van Ness this week. Love that for me, literally from Queer Eye. So 2.5 hours of watching Queer Eye, they had to do a, I guess you could say like a survey beforehand about their thoughts, general thoughts on queer people, like, you know, how they associate with them, things they associate with them, blah, 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 blah. And then they got them to do the 
exact same survey <laughs> questions, same questions afterwards. And between the two surveys, their opinions on queer people changed so much after only two and a half hours of investing. Like imagine being homophobic and then two and a half years or two, two and a half years. Oh my God. Two and a half hours. And you can potentially change your mindset so, so much just by consuming queer media done by queer people. So, so cool. In this study, prejudice and stigma were both very clearly decreased. And this was pointed out by the end of this study. And so this is why it's so important when you are watching a show and you're like, oh, this show is getting so progressive. Like, you know, when you start a show that started maybe in like 2012 or something, or like, I don't know, 2015. And then as the seasons go on, you notice they start to get really progressive. Like they have people, so many different types of people. And you're like, wow, this just looks like I think like if you take the cast, it's like an example of every type of stereotypical person. And it's kind of like a bit gimmicky in a way. Like the reason that is actually really necessary is because it helps people identify with the show. It actually creates better media because people can look at different characters in the show and go like, oh, I'm like that person. Oh my God, there's a bisexual person in this show. I'm bisexual. That's so cool. Or you get to learn things about different types of people, different struggles, and it actually builds a really strong sense of empathy for people just consuming these types of media. So it's so, so cool. I think it's really, really important. And as much as we can sit here and be like, oh, everybody's getting so inclusive and it's so, uh, it's so annoying and blah, 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 blah. Very like, you know, how older people tend to talk about queer spaces and things like that. And when I say older people, I don't mean all older people. Okay. I mean, typically older generations tend to struggle with these things a little bit more. Totally fine. We're working on it. It's fine. We're going to figure it out. Um, it's It can be a struggle. And um, I just feel like it's really important that we are having these conversations and we are inputting different types of characters in shows. A big example recently where there was backlash on this was with Ariel in the new movie being black. There was like a huge fucking backlash. Everybody was like, well, you know, she's obviously not black, blah, 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 blah. Like, you know, everyone's trying to be so inclusive these days that they're ruining media, blah, 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 blah. Fuck that. Have you seen, if you have not seen this, you need to go look into this because this is the craziest thing. I saw a compilation actually. Yeah, literally just go watch a compilation. Like this is going to take you two seconds, okay? On TikTok. And it was a bunch of beautiful little black girls who were watching the new trailer for Ariel. Oh my God. And they were like, mommy, she looks like me. Like it was, I literally could cry. I actually think I cried watching this freaking TikTok on my For You page because it was so beautiful and it was so cool to see the people that need to be represented in media finally fucking getting into media and then being able to connect with the characters. Like it is so important. It is so beautiful. I could go on about this all day, but we're going to move on. (laughs) Next, I want to talk about coming out as bisexual. So first of all, I want to talk about the word coming out in general. Um, In the period before World War II, gay people did not use the term coming out in regards of like coming out of the closet, like we say today. Um, They were talking about it as in coming out into the homosexual society. And they used to call it the gay world. So like coming out into the gay world, which I thought was really interesting to obviously, first of all, assume that everyone is heterosexual and then, oh, you have to come out into this gay world. You know, we've obviously progressed quite a lot since World War II, but it is really, really interesting just how that was the assumption. And it still does continue to be the assumption today. Um, But we have seen so much, so much progress. Only in the 1960s did we start to see the use of coming out of the closet and that kind of analogy. The reason, of course, that it is problematic is because it is assuming that heterosexual life is the norm and that homosexual people have this weight on their shoulders. And it's like it's another task to do in your life in comparison to someone who's heterosexual. Um, So a lot of people really don't like the idea of coming out of the closet and the fact that we have morphed what coming out used to mean to what it means today. And that kind of 
coming out of the closet because it assumes, you know, this is this hidden thing. It is a shameful thing. When you think about someone stood in a fucking closet (laughs) in the dark, it's like, you know, that's pretty, that's a very shameful environment. That's a very quiet, very scary environment. You're probably alone in that closet. Do you know what I mean? Like the analogy it gives is really like scary and pretty intense. And so a lot of people do say things, um, well, they'll say coming out, but they really do like that version that people used to use more so back in around World War II when people would say coming out into the homosexual world. So I just thought that was really interesting. Not being able to come out or not wanting to come out is not a moral failure. And it's honestly something that in my episodes, I'm a bit it's a bit hard for me to talk about because I never want to say, please come out. You need to come out. We need more queer people. We need more representation. You must come out because a lot of people are not safe or comfortable to come out. I get this. I didn't come out as bisexual until after I was married to my partner who I'm currently with. Like we've been together for four years and I only came out a year after I got married. And as much as in theory, I was living like a bisexual lifestyle before, again, I I never used the word bisexual. I would say I was straight and then was just like, you know, playing around or doing things and, you know, trying things and blah, 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 blah. Like I would never use the word bisexual, even though I knew I was bisexual. Like I knew that for a very long time. I would, I think I told a few friends and, you know, said, said enough things to Sam, my partner, that he knew I was bisexual, but He knew I wasn't identifying with it and I would never talk about it because I was just like, I don't want to make this a thing. I don't want to do this. Again, it was a huge fucking task and I was just like not up for it. There are many reasons why someone might not want, not want to come out. For me, again, it was more hesitancy because I was a part of a church. I was very spiritual. Um, within the church, if you were not straight, you like weren't allowed to be on stage. And I am a singer (laughs) or I don't really sing now that much, but I really like singing was my whole fucking life. Music was my whole life. And I was like, I would do anything to get like an opportunity to be singing on that stage. It was a huge stage. It was a huge church that I was a part of. And I really wanted that. And I had opportunities come up here and there, and I was really excited for them. And I would, I didn't want to not be allowed to do something within an area that I'm really passionate because of my sexuality. And so I didn't come out. Um, Not only that, but I was a part of a college. I was going to Bible college through this church. Um, That's actually why I moved to Australia. Fun fact. So, you know, if I didn't do it, I wouldn't be here. So, you know, things happen for a reason, but, um, I had friends who were gay who literally got kicked out of the program, got kicked out of college because they were gay and got sent back to their home countries, like dead ass. Like I, I watched it in front of me. And so for me, I was like, fuck that. (laughs) I'm with somebody who is a man, whatever. Fuck it. It's fine. Everyone can think that I'm straight. I'll just, you know, do what I want behind closed doors and it's it's fine. But that caused a lot of mental health issues, taking us back to what we talked about before. I literally was diagnosed with anxiety and depression at that time. And would I say that it was like cause and effect because I was under like a lot of pressure and I wasn't out and I was like really struggling mentally kind of situationally? Potentially, and that's kind of why I don't like identify with saying I have anxiety and depression anymore because to me, it's nothing compared to the shit I used to deal with, with anxiety attacks and all of this bullshit when things were really, really hard and I wasn't able to be myself. Like I actually wasn't allowed. Like I could have been kicked out of the country, guys. Okay, so I that's why I didn't come out as bisexual. So I can empathize with people not wanting to come out. Um, Not only can it be like something situationally like that, but where you live, the impact it can have on your life is huge. There are absolutely still countries and places in this world where you can be imprisoned. You can be killed for your sexuality. And it is a very, very real thing that is not talked enough about in Western countries and within kind of, you know, first world countries in the queer communities, because there are people like really, really, really struggling. And as much as I want to say, you know, we've come so far and everyone's so progressive now. Yay. Like, yeah, not everywhere. Okay. Really, really, really not everywhere. And it's really important that you are aware of that as a queer person or As a straight person who's listening to this episode, learning about bisexuality for whatever reason, like if 
someone says to you, you know, there's so much work to be done. There's this, 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 blah, 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 blah. And you're thinking in the back of your mind, yeah, but people are so progressive now. Stop it. Okay. Actually stop it. (laughs) Big cringe, big ick. Also, I just wanted to say that I hope you guys know that I'm not laughing at the situation. All right. This is a very serious subject. I'm just really not a serious person. Um, and I try my best, you know, I really do empathize. And this is something that I have like cried over and I cry for people and I'm extremely empathetic and I like really feel emotion for people, um, to the point that I'm like, it's so fucked. (laughs) Um, and this is absolutely a very serious topic. I just don't want this episode to be super like gloomy. It is what it is. It's really shit. And let's do everything we can in our power to support these people and support people who are not as well off as us in these situations. Anyways, people don't want to come out a lot of the time because of safety issues, um, relationships that they know would be affected. Like, you know, what if I come out and then like my mom doesn't fucking love me anymore? Or, you know, what if people start treating me weird? Or what if I'm suddenly then not allowed to say sleep at a girl's house who's like one of my best friends because my parents just don't understand that just because I like women means that I don't like this woman. Like that can be really, really challenging, especially for young people. And so that is definitely a reason why someone might not want to come out. Another thing is just the assumptions that people might make about bisexual people. Like I've talked about so far, you know, they sleep around, they're hypersexual, they're easy, you know, or they're going to want to have sex like on the first date and that kind of like exposing yourself and potentially putting yourself in danger because someone's going to have those assumptions about you. Um, another thing is, oh, that, you know, you're hiding something. Um, this is a big secret. And like, you kept this from me for so long. So what else are you keeping from me? That's more to do with personal relationships. Um, and yeah, another thing is just like, you're lying. Like people will not believe people when they come out as bisexual sometimes it's literally like, oh, like, oh, you're bi. I didn't know that. Like, wait, but have you actually slept with a girl? Like that fucking question. People get asked that all the time. And I talk about this so much on TikTok and it is such, I am telling you guys, a shared experience. This is not just me. The amount of comments and people that have said to me, yes, someone has literally asked me this to my face, someone I don't know, you know, or I've told them this, like going out and clubbing, fuck, telling some straight guy that you're bi, suicide. Like it's literally, it's literally not worth it. Not even slightly worth it. (laughs) People can assume, you know, you're looking for attention. Um, and a really, really common thing is that if a woman comes out as bisexual, she is seen to be over trying to over-sexualize herself, looking for attention. But if a man comes out as bisexual, he is actually secretly gay and he's not quite ready to commit to being gay. Isn't that really interesting? If you've never heard that before, the first time I heard this, I was like, whoa, like, that's so fucking true. Um, yeah. And it, it is shit. You know, first of all, like why? Like, what do you mean? People become nosy. They start asking about your sexual and relational or relationship history. Um, and that's uh, none of their fucking business. Just, you know, if someone ever asks you this and you are bisexual and you're just kind of coming into this and learning about this, please know right now that if anybody ever asks you that, that is extremely inappropriate. And if someone ever told you that they are straight and some guy was like, oh yeah, I'm straight. You wouldn't be like, wait, 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 wait. So like, have you slept with a woman? No, that's just like asking him if he's a fucking virgin. Like that's literally all that is. Like it should not apply to heterosexual people. Or wait, hello? It shouldn't apply to homosexual people if it doesn't apply to heterosexual people. And we're just going to make that a norm. All right. That's the new norm. Let's run with it. I want to move on to intersectionality within bisexuality. Ooh, something I genuinely have not thought enough about until this past Bisexual Awareness Week where I was just like, this is my time. I will be researching this until the end of the day, the end of the week, the end of the month. Like I was just so into it. Um, It is really important that there is a representation of all bi people. And, you know, I kind of talked about this earlier with like, you get the stereotypical gay best friend, GBF, fucking, you know, whatever, within the whole gay community. And then you'll get typical lesbian characters like butch, lesbian, whatever super shitty, right? But you also get stereotypical bi people where they're like just really open and really crazy and really energetic and blah, 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 right? So you get all of that. Double discrimination, um, which we talked about earlier, is absolutely a thing. And yes, as a bisexual woman, so me, for example, I do deal with that. I have felt that 
kind of push and pull feeling of like, oh, I don't really know where I fit. But I do not have it as bad as so many other bisexual types of people. So I want to acknowledge my privilege here. I am extremely fucking privileged. In theory, if I wanted to pretend I was straight in front of my grandparents when Sam and I went to go visit Canada, I can do that. No, I don't want to have to do that, but I can, I can do it. Okay. I can. If I was with somebody who was a woman, if I didn't end up with Sam I couldn't do that. That's hard. Like as much as, yes, it's great that you've fallen in love and you're with someone like, fuck, now you have to deal with all of the shit that someone who is just purely homosexual would have to deal with. Um, And that's really difficult. For example, like I said earlier, being a bisexual man, it's a different kind of struggle. It's not necessarily saying that it's worse or better or, you know, it's different man to woman. It's just, it's different. Or if you were non-binary and bisexual, people are just like, you know, people could assume right away, oh, wow, you are non-binary, you're bisexual, you basically just, you don't care, you have no idea what you want, you must be confused, right? Like that is an assumption that people will make about people who are non-binary and bisexual. And so you have to understand that there are so many different versions of what bisexuality looks like for people. And if you're bisexual, that's awesome. (laughs) And that's going to come with its own, you know, struggles, but you are not the only type of bisexual. And it's important that we are talking about every type of person. For example, if you are a woman and you are bisexual, you are a woman and people are already likely going to sexualize you. So they are much more likely to sexualize you even more than they might a man, right? Same with non-binary people. That's just a given. They'll probably sexualize you even more and it's fucking bullshit, but whatever. But is that harder than being a man who's bisexual? Because for example, men were stigmatized hugely around the AIDS epidemic right? Because they were seen as this bridge between the homosexual world and the heterosexual world. And like I said, they literally would call it the gay world. Like they acted like it was a different world at the time. And so bisexual men were seen as like this bridge between gay men and straight women and people within the heterosexual community or like, you know, non-queer people were scared that they were going to potentially get AIDS from people in that community. And so there is still a lot of stigmatization. Yeah, that's it. Around by men simply because of that. And the fact that These things are created and ingrained within our societies and people who were alive at that time, and that was not that long ago, will repeat these things either directly or indirectly to their children. And that gets passed on like it's a generational thing. Another example is being non-white, literally just non-white and queer. That's going to be not just double discrimination. That's going to be, say, triple discrimination. Do you know what I mean? And it's not a competition, but it's sitting here and going, let's think about the different types of people and how they might be experiencing bisexuality. Another example is if you were disabled and queer. Studies show that people who are disabled are much more likely to feel like they have to prove their bisexuality to people. There are much more likely, and this has actually been studied, that they report that they're much more likely to have to explain their sexuality and like confirm it with people. And they are really asked about, you know, their history when it comes to sex and, um, even kind of, oh, could you potentially be confused because of your disability? And like those kind of really demeaning, really shitty questions can come up if you are also experiencing some sort of disability. There's so, so, so much to say about this. And I just really want to ignite a fire in you. And I think that's the purpose of me talking about this is although it's something that can seem pretty obvious, it's not something that we really think about. We can think like, oh yeah, it's so hard being bisexual. Haha, <laughs> typical bisexual problems. But you have no idea <laughs> until you start to think about all the different types of people and how can we support people in those communities. If we are pretty cushy in our situation, what can we do for people who are bisexual and also experiencing a disability, for example. Anyways, 
whoa, I'm fired up, guys. I'm fired up in this episode. I did not realize how much I was going to um, get passionate about this. I really am, though. Like, this is my shit. This is my shit right here, okay? Um, Lastly, I want to talk about threesomes. Woo! You made it to the end, so you get a gift. We're going to talk about threesomes. Also, not to mention, I've been watching, what's it called? Heartbreak High. It's like an Australian show that just came out. And it's really funny because like Sam knows kind of some, the one of the girls in the show. And like, we kind of know of these people who are all kind of in the show. There's like some influencers and like people in the show that are Australian. And it's filmed in Australia. And so there's so many times where we're watching scenes and we'll be like, oh my God, that's Moore Park. Or like, oh, that's, you know, that's in the city. Or I know where this is or whatever. It's really fun to watch. Anyways, we watched an episode last night. I think it was episode, oh, wait, I'm going to give something away. Oh my God, wait, I can't give anything away. Fuck, I can't tell you guys this. Um, hmm, should I tell you? Are you going to watch it? You're probably not Australian. You're probably not going to watch it. Okay, I'm not going to say who it was. There is a threesome in this show, okay? And we were shitting our pants watching this. It was so much fun. We were like, no, no, it's not going to happen. Ah, we got so excited, and I fucking love that they showed it. Also, you should just watch this show. If you can watch it, I don't know if it's available on all of Netflix, but if it is, I think it is actually. If you can watch it, you should watch it because it is so cool, and they show certain like sex scenes where the communication is so good, and they're young people, and like I'm just, I could go on and on. I actually really, really, really like this show. And I kind of started watching it as like a bit of a like joke. I was like, ha, oh, this is funny. I want to have an opinion on this. I, you know, I thought it was going to be shit, to be honest. It's actually so good. So anyways, stream it, watch it, whatever. Um, talking about threesomes, I thought it would be really cool to talk about the difference between female, female, male threesomes, if you will, F of M, um, versus male, male, female threesomes and the assumptions that people will have around different types of threesomes. Obviously, people will look at bisexual people and go, wow, you must want to have a threesome. Blah, 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 blah. And that's really fucking annoying. Yes, it's really shitty, but um, it, look, the research shows, okay? The research shows that bisexual people are more likely to have threesomes. So is it is an incorrect stereotype? Not always. So let's talk about it. Let's not beat around the bush here. Homosexual behavior from women is more normalized because women tend to be sexualized more, just like generally, even when that's not the goal. For example, like a lesbian couple kissing in public, like tends to be more sexualized, which sucks. And you'll get like, lesbians will talk about this all the time, like getting straight men, like looking at them, kissing their girlfriend and being like, ew, this is so fucked. Like I hate, I want to be able to come to, I want to be comfortable to kiss my girlfriend in public, but I don't want anyone to think that it is not just for us and that it is for them. Like that is a really, really shitty place to be in. But homosexual behavior between two males is like less expected. We don't see it as much. It's obviously less present in porn. Like women with other women in porn is like, you see it so, 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 so much more than men with other men. And that obviously comes back to a lot of just like internalized misogyny and patriarchy. And, you know, it's a whole conversation and we can really, really get into it. Um, but it's interesting how much it is like more likely and men will typically more likely be comfortable with having another woman come in. It's like, fuck yeah, let's do that. Like, but then if it's another man, they're like, Oh, I don't know. No, no, no. I don't want that. But what, what do you mean? And it's really interesting to just talk about that from a bisexual standpoint because obviously for me say if I were to have a threesome it like wouldn't matter to me like it would be like yeah sure cool like there's like an extra person like I'm like yeah cool I don't really see the the gender part of it um whereas obviously people who are straight absolutely do and that's valid um if you were only attracted to someone of a particular gender, say you're only attracted to females um and then you're picturing you know being with your partner and another man and you're not attracted to him, I could see why you wouldn't be interested in that. I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with it. I'm just saying it's interesting to talk about the different perceptions that we have around threesomes. A man having a threesome with two women is something that other men would typically applaud, see as like a trope, like, oh my God, you were able to handle like two women or two women wanted you. Wow. Like, you know, obviously just classic fucking patriarchy, misogyny shit. Um, whereas a woman having a threesome with two men, she is more likely to be viewed negatively. Like, oh, why would she let that happen? Why would she, um, you know, let two guys take advantage of her? Like, wow, it must not have been for her pleasure. 
right, but it absolutely can be. And I feel like there's a lot of stigmatization. I don't know if that's actually a word and I've used it multiple times. So I'm going to really hope it is Um, that there shouldn't be this, you know, stigma around women wanting to have threesomes with multiple men. Um, and that there's actually, especially from a bisexual standpoint, really no difference. So, uh, it doesn't really matter to them. <laughs> In a 2017 online survey, there was 2000 adults that were a part of this. Um, there was 10.3% of the women that said that they had had a threesome, but 17.8% of men said they had a threesome, which is very interesting. Very, very interesting because of what we just talked about, that there's actually more men in this study who have reported that they have had a threesome. Like the numbers aren't adding up. Do you know what I mean? Like they're not adding up. So like somebody's lying here. <laughs> like, uh. maybe obviously, you know, this study would have been done like anonymously or like they know that they're not going to be called out specifically. Um, it's just interesting how there is more stigma around multiple men being together. Um, but at the same time, it's actually potentially, or so the study says happening more than we would think, or a lot more often than we would think. Another little statistic that I thought was really interesting when I was looking at these different studies is that 16% of women who had engaged in threesomes reported to be entirely homosexual. Like 100%, you know, they are like, yep, I'm, I'm heterosexual, but I have had a threesome. So 16% of the women. 52% of them were bi, though. So looking at that it is more likely that the women, at least of course in this study, that are having threesomes tend to be bi and not heterosexual. They still are because 16% is, you know, still quite a bit of heterosexual people having threesomes. Um, But 52% of them being bi is quite a bigger number out of, you know, these 2000 people. (laughs) And I will say as well that there were a few different studies um, that I was really looking into. And these were actually all studies that came from the book by, by Julia Shaw. And they all gave very similar reports. So yes, this is just one study done with 2000 adults, but there was a few different studies where it was all similar results. And if you really, really want to get into the numbers and all of that, um, then you can go ahead and buy that book and get really into it because I find it really interesting. But you know, I thought, I thought I'd just give you the, give you the recap really. End of the day. I just think it's really interesting that that assumption around by people wanting to have threesomes is so um widely like oh why would you say that why would you say but like that's so shitty yes it is shitty and it is inappropriate to ask someone that out of context but is are they wrong like maybe not maybe not you know this is not me giving you allowance to do that please do not do that i will say this over and over do not do that um but you might not be wrong okay you might not be wrong at the end of the day now i think it's really important quickly just to talk about the downsides of threesomes and as much as it is a fun thing and really exciting and people do report um they have higher levels of exploration and pleasure around threesomes these are all things that have come out of these studies um words like that like exploration um pleasure and even just this kind of like general openness similar to how being bisexual can make you feel those similar things like exploration pleasure excitement um wanting to open up to new experiences all those things there are also downsides to threesomes like and if you're bisexual and you are potentially falling into these statistics that i've just given you where you're like yeah i would have a threesome or i'd be interested in that i want to talk about the downsides um one of them is obviously jealousy and this can be much more likely, or I would say this is much, much more likely to be present if you are planning to have a threesome with somebody and you're already, you know, partner or boyfriend or girlfriend or whatever, because you are now seeing that person with another person. And that can be really scary. And you don't really know until that is happening, if you're going to be like into it, or if you're going to be like, Whoa, I really don't like this. You, you kind of don't know unless you give it a go. So it's one of those things. Ways to reduce this is to have a plan, to have clear communication about what you are comfortable with and what you are not comfortable with. And no, I'm not trying to give you like a how to have a threesome, which could that be an episode? Fuck, maybe. Imagine. Oh, so good. I would just love to see my mom text me about that one, honestly. Uh, But it's really, really important. And a lot of kind of, what's the word? People who are smart. 
um, experts, that's the word, experts in this area will say that you need to really talk about what you're comfortable with. And I'm talking details, okay? Are you comfortable with penetration between that person and your partner? Are you comfortable with kissing between blah, 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 blah? And like, what is also really important is that you're considering that this extra person an extra, again, a bit of a trashy word to use, is they are not just an extra body, right? They're not just some sex thing that you get to use. Like the point is that this is another human who is also experiencing this and someone might be comfortable to do this in the community. They're called a unicorn. So it's this third, typically a woman who wants to have sex with a couple, um, called a unicorn because they are so rare and because there aren't a lot of people who are looking to go and do this. Um, because there is a lot of like, you're going into a situation and you are meeting a say couple who has all these things that they already do together and you are just inputting yourself in it. Um, actually a really interesting series. I just thought about this is called, what's it called? You, me, her, you, me and her, I think it's on Netflix. And I watched it, um, around the time right before I came out as bisexual. Oh my God. I loved this shit at the time. I literally was like, this is so bad that I'm watching this. Oh, like obviously me, you know, coming out of the church and like feeling like I wasn't allowed to do shit because I wasn't allowed to do shit for so long. Um, I just thought it was so interesting because that's like a story of someone who's like, you know, corn and like inputs them herself into like a relationship. And it's really interesting. So anyways, if you want more context, you can go watch that. Uh, but again, know that that is a very rare situation and threesomes can look like a lot of different types of kind of, uh, what's the word? Like mixes of people. It doesn't have to be a couple and then someone else. A lot of the time it can be like three friends or three people that happen to meet that night, or it can be like organized through like queer communities and there are apps, like there are so many things. Um, and yeah, it can be a really, really great experience, but a lot of the time it is something that there needs to be communication around it. And it is not as easy as having sex with two people because you are including another human and like you have to get creative and you have to think about what you would want that to look like. And so it really is a whole process. And if you're interested in it and you want to do that with your partner, you should tell them, like you should have that communication around it. They might be like, no, (laughs) hell no. And you do have to obviously respect that. But if it's something that you're like, I want to explore this. And if I'm going to be with you for the rest of my life, like I want to explore it, you know? And if I can't, then maybe we could talk about different versions of our relationship, which kind of takes us into the idea of open relationships, which like I said earlier, bisexual people tend to be more open to not all bisexual people, of course. And it really is, um, I feel like we're narrowing down in like the funnel, like we're getting to the bottom of like that funnel where it does come to like a smaller group of people. Um, But open relationships are definitely an option for bisexual people who either come out later in life and they want to explore their bisexuality more um, and they are with a partner consistently or maybe they've just been dating someone. I've had a few conversations. Well, I've had many conversations with you guys through Instagram and things, but I've had people have said things like, you know, I've been dating this guy for three years and like I'm bisexual and I, I only know this now, but you know, I want to have sex with girls maybe, but I don't want to lose this relationship with this guy. And like, what do I do? It's a common experience and you're not alone. If you're feeling this, um, it definitely just takes a lot, a lot of communication and any kind of relationship like an open relationship or any kind of relationship that isn't just, you know, your classic monogamous relationship is going to take more effort. And it's going to take a little bit of stepping out and being like scared or potentially jealous or just not knowing what the outcome is going to be. But I would say that ultimately, if it's something you want and it's something you've thought about a lot, it is worth acting on and opening yourself up to and at least having conversation around. And even just the conversation around it can be really exciting and really fun and really sexy for you and your partner or just for you. And it's really great to kind of like dive into it and figure out what you want at the end of the day. And so I think that's all I really want to say about threesomes. And I think that's pretty much all I want to say overall about bisexuality. There is a lot that I've talked about today. And a lot of this is up for debate. Like these are conversations that I know 
even personally, I will know a lot more about in a year. I'll know a lot more in five years. And I'm sure you will too. Like these are conversations that we are continuously having and we are only seeing more and more examples of people who are bi. We are only seeing more and more examples of people who are in open relationships or people openly talking about threesomes and things like that. Things are becoming a lot less taboo, at least within, you know, at least in, if you're listening to this episode, then in your country, probably. Um, if not, then it's going to be more of a challenge, absolutely, for you to have these conversations. Um, but I do encourage you to be like a leading voice in those conversations if you if it is safe and you can do that because these are things that we need to talk about because the, we are human. Like These are human thoughts. These are human urges. And if we aren't talking about it, there's so much shame that will then be attached to it. And if we aren't breaking down that shame and stepping out, we are stuck in that. And I think the goal ultimately is that generationally we pass down less and less sexual shame. We pass down more and more confidence. We pass down more knowledge around safe sex, sexual wellness, consent, and all the good things that come with healthy sexual relationships. And so if you like today's episode, please let me know because it's a little bit different. Um, but I really hope that you liked it. I hope that you learned something. I hope that if you are with someone who's bisexual or you just care about bisexuality and you want to learn about it, that you learned something. And that if you are bisexual, you feel validated and you feel like you've had a space to learn something and kind of just open up your understanding of who you are. And I think that's really, really important. I would absolutely encourage you to go buy the, the book Bisexual by Julia Shaw. And the other book that I wanted to recommend really quickly as well is Greedy by Jen Winston, which is something I read, I think about two years ago. And it really just made me feel validated and excited about bisexuality. And she's super fun. You can also just follow her on Instagram, Jen Winston, because she's super cool. And just, it's, it's nice to follow more bi people. And I would encourage you to do that. Like look for more media, like go onto Netflix and go to the LGBTQ section and watch queer media and have those eyes on these different types of queer people. And it's going to make you more empathetic and it's going to help you to understand sexuality more. Even if it's a gay character and you are not specifically gay, it's still going to help you understand like the queer struggles and it's going to help you to see more queer joy. And it's really, really great for someone who is queer and it's going to help your mental health. It's going to help all these things that we've talked about today. And so... I just hope you felt like you were a part of this and that you really enjoyed this. And if you want to chat about anything that we talked about in this episode or you want clarification on anything or recommendations on anything, you can always DM me. My Instagram is Alyssa Taylor Harper and it's the same on TikTok. I make heaps of TikToks talking about bisexuality. It's like almost annoying because I talk about it all the time and I really, really love it. Um, so follow me over there if you care about that. And if you are listening to this episode, I'm sure you do. And follow the podcast wherever you listen whether that's on apple podcasts or spotify or whatevs follow and leave a little you know leave a little heart leave a little star leave a little review help me out help a girl out and thank you so much for listening i will see you guys in the next episode i will chat with you next time i don't want to leave i don't know what it is i don't want to leave today okay love you bye (laughs) 